Good morning, Grace Life. We are in Israel today. We're at what is known as the Mount of Beatitudes. It's a beautiful place, a place that you're probably kind of familiar with now too because we've been preaching through the book of Matthew at Grace Life for some time. In particular, we've been in the section called the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew chapter five and six and seven. And we're kind of coming down to the end of that. And it's such a joy and privilege to be able to be in the exact location today where Jesus was when that crowd gathered together to hear him preach that message that day. The Sermon on the Mount is far and away the greatest sermon that's ever been preached. It was preached by the greatest preacher that's ever lived. It was written by the greatest writer that could ever write. That's the Holy Spirit himself. And it was all for the honor of God the Father. And so we get to hear from him again today out of his word, the one who stepped out of heaven into the world that he created to redeem it and to make it all new. And the Bible says that he went up on this mountain and he sat down and he began to teach. And I'm gonna really kind of do this today quickly, like I did the first day that I introduced the Sermon on the Mount to you, which was just to read the entire Sermon on the Mount. I think that's a great way for us to kind of come full circle on this Palm Sunday as we begin to enter in to Holy Week. And, and I want you to be reminded today that this is all about different. The kingdom of God is different and he's called us into that kingdom by grace through faith and a relationship with Jesus. And he's called us to be different kinds of people in his kingdom. So here's the question, how does following Jesus, how does kingdom living look? How do kingdom citizens live in the kingdom of heaven? Number one, Jesus says kingdom people have different attitudes. Listen to what he says. When he saw the crowds, the Bible says he went up on the mountain where we are now. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to teach them saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. In other words, those who know I'm bankrupt spiritually, I'm in need of God. He's not in need of me. Blessed are the poor in spirit for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, those who grieve over their sin and the brokenness of the world. He says they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You hear the different attitudes that Jesus is describing that kingdom people have. He says, you are blessed when they insult you and persecute you and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad. Listen to that attitude. Be glad and rejoice because your reward in heaven is great. And by the way, your reward is not something in heaven. It's someone. His name's Jesus. He goes on and he says, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is how kingdom citizens are different. Their attitudes are different. Secondly, kingdom citizens have a different purpose. He says in verse 13, follow with me, Matthew 5, 13, you're the salt of the earth. But if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You're the light of the world. This is our purpose for the salt of the earth, light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. 
in the same way. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. The third thing that Jesus says is that kingdom people, they not only have different attitudes, they not only have a different purpose, but they have a different understanding. Kingdom people understand that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. He's the fulfillment of all the prophecies of the Old Testament. But Jesus, kingdom people understand this about Jesus. He is the full payment for our sin through what he did at the cross. Listen to what he says, verse 17. He says, don't think that I came to abolish the law or the prophets. I did not come to, I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. For truly I tell you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or one stroke of a letter will pass away from the law until all things are accomplished. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commands and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. The fourth thing Jesus says about kingdom people is they have different standards. Different standards. Listen as he gives the example of anger. He says, he says you've heard it said to our ancestors, do not murder. And whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Whoever insults his brother or sister will be subject to the court. Whoever says you fool will be subject to hellfire. So if you are offering your gift on the altar and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First, go and be reconciled with your brother or sister and then come and offer your gift. Reach a settlement quickly with your adversary while you're on the way with him to the court or your adversary will hand you over to the judge and the judge to the officer and you'll be thrown into prison. Truly I tell you, you will never get out of there until you've paid the last penny. And then Jesus gives the example, he moves from anger, he moves to the example of adultery. He says, you've heard that it was said, do not commit adultery. But I tell you, everyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off, throw it away. For it's better that you lose one of the parts of your body than for your entire body to go into hell. And then he speaks about divorce. He says, it was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give, the, give a written notice of divorce. But I tell you, everyone who divorces his wife, except in the case of sexual immorality, causes her to commit adultery. And whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And he speaks about manipulation. He says, again, you've heard that it was said to our ancestors, you must not break your oath, but you must keep your oath to the Lord. But I tell you, don't take an oath at all, either by heaven, because it's God's throne, or by the earth, because it's his footstool, or by Jerusalem, because it is the city of the great king. Do not swear by your head, because you cannot make a single hair, white or black. But let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more than this is from the evil one. Then he speaks about retaliation. You've heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, don't resist an evildoer. On the contrary, if anyone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other to him also. As for the one who wants to sue you and take away your shirt, let him have your coat as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile with him, you go two. 
Give to the one who asks you, and don't turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. And then he speaks about enemies. You heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be children of your father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. He's talking about kingdom people. We're to be different, and kingdom people are to have a different way of worshiping God. Listen to what he says, chapter 6, verse 1. Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. Otherwise, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. So whenever you give to the poor, don't sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be applauded by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you give to the poor, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. See, we have a heavenly Father who sees us he knows us. He approves of us because of Jesus. He'll reward us. He goes on verse 5 and he says, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites because they love to pray, standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He says, for if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. And then he says, and whenever you fast, so he's talking about giving and praying and fasting. Kingdom people, we're to do these kinds of things. We're to worship different. He says, don't fast. Don't be gloomy like the hypocrites when you fast. For they disfigure their faces so that their fasting is obvious to all people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting isn't obvious to others, but to your Father who's in secret. And here's that line again. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. And then number six, kingdom people, Jesus says, we have a different set of eyes. Kingdom people see what to care about the most. Verse 19, he says, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves don't break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. So if the light within you is darkness, how deep is that darkness? Kingdom people have this new set of eyes, different set of eyes to see what to care about the most. Lay up treasure in heaven and to see who to care about the most. He says no one can serve two masters. 
since either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And then kingdom people have different eyes to see who cares for us the most. He says, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you're going to eat or drink, or about your body, what you'll wear. Isn't life more than food and the body more than clothing? Consider the birds of the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? And why do you worry about clothes? Observe how the wildflowers of the field grow. And you can look around and see, he must have pointed at wildflowers. They don't labor or spin or thread. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and thrown into the furnace tomorrow, won't he do much more for you, you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. And then he speaks to us about how to care for others. He says, chapter seven, verse one, do not judge so that you won't be judged for you will be judged by the same standard with which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure that you use. Why do you look at the splinter in your brother's eye, but don't notice the beam of wood in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the splinter out of your eye and look, there's a beam of wood in your own eye. Hypocrite, first take the beam of wood out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the splinter out of your brother's eye. Don't give what is holy to dogs, or toss your pearls before pigs, or they will trample them under their feet, turn, and tear you to pieces. I'm going to stop right there for today. We're going to finish up the Sermon on the Mount next Sunday, Easter Sunday, when we come together. But you know, I think today, the beginning of Holy Week on this Palm Sunday, is a great day for us to begin a process now of really looking into our own hearts and examining our own lives, reflecting on what it means to be a kingdom person. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? Not just one day in eternity as kingdom people, but today in the places we live, in the places we work, in the places we play, right where we live, Jesus wants to be the center of your life. He wants to be the center of your zip code. He wants to be in the middle of our lives. He wants to live in you and through you, kingdom people. So I would say to us today, Palm Sunday is a day that we think about laying palm branches at the feet of Jesus. But more than that, this is a day to consider laying ourselves before Jesus, recognizing that he is the king of this kingdom and surrendering our lives to him as savior and Lord. Let us be the palm branches on this Palm Sunday that we bow before him. We lay our, our, ourselves before him. We lay our lives before him as we enter into this holy week. God bless you, everybody.